Hello and welcome to episode 279 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going all right. It's been a, a very different week. We've been we've both had special assignments. We have. We've had very special assignments. Um, for me, it was shaving my right nut. Well, you know what? It was uh, shaving all three of my nuts this week because I go to manscaped.com. If you go to manscaped.com and you put in our code, which is exclusive, it's NRL, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Now, look, you don't want to drop your pants and look like the abominable snowman down there, okay? You don't want to look like a, a freaking yeti. So you've got to get yourself together. These lockdowns are going on and off. You don't know when it's going to happen, man. So you've got to go to manscaped.com and be ready 24-7. Get the lawnmower 3.0. And, yeah, you just got to make it part of your daily routine, you hairy bastard. <laughs> so go to manscaped.com, put in our code NRL, 20% off, free shipping, 30-day money-back guarantee, but you won't need it because the lawnmower 3.0 will become your best friend. Oh, yeah. Now... We're going to look at some uh, some sporting news. Yeah, let's do that. Let's say sporting. Let's be honest. It's just rugby league news because there's no rugby. other sport that's relevant. The rest of sport can fuck off. Yeah. One thing I did see, um, which we, we need to address in the topic because it involves the Prime Minister. Okay. He's come out with a video, yeah. decked out in all the stuff that he bought about three minutes ago from the Cronulla Sharks team store. Crispy new. Must have, most of it would have been... In the, uh, you know, the little bin out the front, you know, all the old stock. Because yeah. it had all the wrong sponsors on it. Yeah. It's great to and watch. And you know what Cronulla gear is like? It's always on special. It's on special. That's right. Um, so everything's in the cutout bin. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he had put out a video where he was talking directly to Phil Rothfield and giving him praise for being a rugby league, in quotation marks, journalist for 45 years. It's always um, bad when you get praised just for be- hanging around for a long time, hey? Yeah. But there's one one very good line there where he said, you've never had to work a day in your life. And I went, that's where that sentence needed to end. He went on to say something else. I can't remember what it was because I stopped listening at that point because I was, you know, vomiting quite a bit. <laughs> it's ironic um, to hear a politician say that, though, hey? <laughs> Well, if anyone would know. <laughs> Soft fucking handed politician yep. saying somebody else hasn't worked a day in their lives. One vapid hollow human giving praise to another vapid piece of shit. But there you go. I would like, you know what, when, <laughs> when our podcast gets like to a certain point, I want to uh, get one of our interns to put together a tribute to both of us that is like time and effort that they spend by us, for us, that would be great. I think I kind of summed it up in my last comment. Yeah. <laughs> Pricks. Yeah. I, it's funny, though, like, you get to a point with some of these people in the media and you just know that, like, nobody likes them and to get any sort of praise, it's always like, yeah, you've been around for a long time. It's been a real long time. It's never like, oh, yeah, you're awesome. You're a great bloke. Everyone well, loves you. It's like, like round of applause. 
well done. You've gone another year and you're still not dead. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I thought we'd get that out of the way. Well done, I, Buzz. Yeah, good good stuff, Buzz. After 45 years in the job, you've definitely still got your finger on the pulse, no doubt. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, what else have we got here? Well, there was the All-Star game that was on last night. Um, I didn't watch. I didn't get to watch the first half. I only really got to watch the second half. You watched the whole thing, though. What did you think about it? Um, the one thing I think, if we're going to take anything from this for the upcoming footy season, is that the first half of footy games is going to be well worth missing <laughs> because the set restarts are going to be fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. For the second half, the referee just puts the whistle away and, and doesn't worry about blowing them anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, it was. I, I caught a little bit of the second, the first half, just at the end. wasn't enough to really take much out of. But you know what? Both teams looked like their defenses were pretty good, but their attacks just looked really disjointed. Like I don't know how much work they did during the week, but there was a lot of it that just seemed a little bit like. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and I think the problem with it is, I'll, I'll give the players some credit. There had been rain through most of the day, so it was a little bit greasy. But in saying that, they weren't exactly shy about throwing the ball around. They were making good metres a lot of the places, but the execution of the last tackle, um, it was clunky for both sides, which I guess is going to happen when you only get really a week to you know train with one another. Yeah, and you know, on like on the field, uh, Benji showed all his experience. He looked really good, and it was funny seeing the reaction after the game because there was a lot of media saying like, "Oh wow, how incredible was Benji Marshall?" It's like, yeah, Benji Marshall is a pretty good player. Like yeah. maybe some people should watch football from time to time. Yeah. And <laughs> he, like, we've talked about him going to Souths. How good of a signing he'd be for. He's going to be for Souths. Um, I was watching him. All I could keep thinking, and you, I know you probably did the same thing, was, man, the West Tigers could use a player like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at him going around going, well, we got rid of him for, what, Moses and Bai? Yeah. Um, Adam Dewey. I, mean, Dewey. I don't mind Adam Dewey, but I prefer Benji. Yeah. I, I don't see what Benji's failed to provide for the club. I don't know why they didn't just give him one more season to get a proper half in there. Because the Tigers got a lot of players coming off contract this year. This year's going to be another sort of in-transition one as they're building their squad now that they're going to have a fair bit of money freed up at the end of this season and next season. Yeah. Why not just keep Benji on until he wants to retire? Because he's still playing good footy. Yeah, Um, that's the thing. But, you know, there's, there's assumptions within some of the... West Tigers fan group, I'd say. I don't think it's within the coaching group that Benji would often overcall Luke Brooks. And my first response to that is, is that a bad thing? Yeah, exactly. Um, if, if somebody says to me, how many times should Benji Marshall overcall Luke Brooks if he feels like it's necessary? And I would say 100% of the time. Yeah. And this is the same thing that happened. You know, people wanted to lay the boot into Robbie Farrah for doing the same thing to Luke Brooks as well. Um, at the end of the day, if you're a halfback and you can't call the shots over two experienced players, then why are you, you know, why are you in the game? I've seen yeah. players, 
classic example. We saw those two young um, players come into the Braden Trindle and Connor Tracy step into the Sharks last season, making first club debuts. They walk onto the field, bang, automatically they're direct and play. It's yeah. their fucking debut. Yeah. They've got experienced players all over the field. They're going, nah, I'm calling the shots. It's my job. That's what they're yeah. doing. Braden Trindle looked like a dude who was like 28 years old. Yeah, he just completely took control. We saw yeah. it with um, um, Jamal Fogarty. He did the same thing when he walked into the Titans. Right? Yeah. Sure, he is a bit older, but he walked into a playing group that he's not spent a great deal of amount of time with and just went, this is my team now, and sure enough, by the end of the year, he's captain. Mm-hmm. That's what a halfback does. They come in, they command, they demand control, and they take control. And the, that is the problem that Luke Brooks has had. And it was, he, it's been going on his whole career. Mitch Moses used to overcall him all the time. Mitch Moses, though, is nowhere near as good as what Benji or Robbie Farrow was. So that's why yeah. things went pear-shaped a lot. Um, but there were a few seasons where Brooks didn't have either Benji or Farrow there. Were the Tigers any better? Well, no. Benji and, and Farrow had to come back, didn't they? And so the they thing couldn't is, have been that much better. With, with Luke Brooks, at, like at some point you go from having potential to just you are the player you are. And that's what really worries me about Luke Brooks because he does have potential. But at some point you are just, you know, a middle-of-the-road halfback at best. And that's where he's he's kind of going to end up being. Like at least with someone like a Mitch Moses, you can say, well, he'll have games where he will just be absolutely impossible to stop because he's running the ball. He's just a handful I don't think we've ever really seen Luke Brooks in that same sort of like just taken over a game and the other team can't do anything about it. And that, that really does. It worries me because I think we all expected more from him. Yeah, look, I think, I think Luke Brooks would make a brilliant number six outside a controlling halfback. I think if he's got a halfback there, he's going to call the shots. And he he's at 5'8 with a little bit more room to move mm. uh, because he does have a very strong running game. The way he plays the game is more suited to that of a 5'8, especially in modern 5'8, more so than a halfback because he doesn't have to worry about playmaking as much. He can play a little bit more off the cuff. His running game is brilliant. Um, I think that would work better for him. So, you know... Maybe Mbai might be a better house partner for him because he's a bit more experienced, but at the same time, Mbai's, Mbai's not a playmaker. No. So I don't know how the Tigers get around that. They, they they need a genuine playmaker who will call the shots and isn't some 35-year-old broken-down halfback either. They need yeah. someone who's, uh, you know, approaching the prime of their career. They need an absolute gun there. And, you know... I don't know how many of those are going to be available. They're going to have the money to pay for it, but I don't know how many are going to be available. And then if they are available, how many are going to actually want to go to the Tigers as well? Because there's so many players chopping and changing out of that club all the time. It's going to continue for the next two years as they mm-hmm. sort out their salary cap and stuff like that. Um, so that most, most of these top-line stars don't want to go to a club that's constantly churning players. Yeah, They want to go into some sort of something that's set, because you can just go in and work on combinations with players, knowing that you're going to have this group of players around you for two, three years. Not who's going to be here in six months' time, that yeah, sort exactly. of thing. And that's the problem yeah. the Tigers have had since fucking day one. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of strange that it 
it has been now 20 years of it, basically. And, you know, when they've been successful, they've kind of, to a certain extent, lucked into it. Um, you know, it's it's just a real shame. They they need a, a proper plan, and I, I still don't see that proper plan at the club. But anyway. Let, let, anyway, let's go back to the. I was just saying, you know, at, at the end, you know, they'll end up signing Matt Moylan at the end of the year. Everything will be fine. It will be fine. He'll be great. He'll yeah. be young Matt Moylan. Um, the end of the game was interesting. The there was a penalty, and the it was ten eight to the Maori team, and the Indigenous side chose to kick the goal, which leveled it up. Yeah. But that, it, like a drawn result, means that the Maori retain the shield or trophy, mm-hmm. whatever they have. Um, and then there was no golden point, which that's, right. that's the it, rule. Like I, I hate draws. I absolutely hate them. They're so boring. It's a result. I, no, I know. I, I know it's a result. I know it's a result. Right. But I'm watching this game. And I understand why they have a draw in this game because they don't really want to end up all of a sudden this game starts turning into like a 130-minute slog fest out of nowhere. But I don't know. I just watch drawn games and I just hate it. Uh, yeah, I generally don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, it's, it's 20 aside. So there's no reason why they can't have Golden Point. There's plenty of players. You're not going to have that much fatigue, but at the same time... Maybe that's the concern is because it's a preseason match. There'll be a lot of, you know, players who will put out there. I mean, as we saw during the um, the lead up to this, Nathan Brown at the Warriors was very reluctant to have any of his players taking part in it because he didn't want to get any injuries. Yeah, well, it's, um, and that's I'm, going to be the concern about these sort of games. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it will eventually creep into Origin, and it probably would have done if Origin wasn't paying players so goddamn much money. Yeah. Yeah, and if it wasn't generating so much money that, I mean, mm. a lot of it goes straight back to the clubs. Yeah. Um, that doesn't get talked about. It's not like origin money gets set aside for the game overall. It goes back into the clubs for the most part. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it just, draws have never done it for me. They just feel deflating to me. And I, I kind of watch sport events to see a result I, I watch them to see a winner and a loser and yeah when I see a draw it just I don't know it's hard to explain the way I feel about them um, disappointed I guess is another word but I, I, I totally understand why they don't go further than 80 minutes in these exhibition games yeah now I've got another I've got a stat for you mm-hmm. that's not actually so much about something that happened on the field. Yeah. The ratings for this game. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because I haven't heard about them. Mm. Well, okay. In 2020, the TV ratings for the All-Stars game yeah. was 476,000 on free-to-air TV and 158,000 on Fox. Mm-hmm. This year, 142,000 on Fox, so down 16,000. Mm-hmm. 129,000 on free-to-air, down about 347,000. Well, that's a big drop. Mm. Now, it was not on Channel 9's main channel because they had women's tennis on. Great idea, that one. And then I felt like the promotion was not great for this game. 
No, not really. I actually started. It's, it was two fifty nine. I was it was Metro only for the one twenty nine. So two fifty nine. It's still two hundred and still down. Yeah, two hundred and twenty odd down. It's a, it's almost half. It's it's a fucking huge drop off in the space of one year. Yeah, you know I've noticed in the US, um, a lot of their TV ratings are down dramatically like that. For it's like I'm, I'm a big NBA fan, and the NBA ratings are absolutely abysmal at the moment. And I wonder if it is an effect from the from COVID and from people's priorities changing a little bit. Um, I think people generally, because of COVID, are sick of looking at fucking screens. That's a really good point, actually. Uh, computers, phones, mm-hmm. laptops, TVs. They're stuck in their house. That's all they're looking at all the time. They're like, you know what? I just can't be asked. Yeah. Like they're, pro- they're probably still keeping up with the results and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But they just can't be bothered sitting through two hours of staring at a screen again after staring at a screen for eight hours during the day. You know, like there's no downtime from looking at screens. It's just yeah. it's all they're doing is looking at a screen. And so I think that's probably what's going on. Because remember the origin ratings were down a mile as well. Yeah. Yeah, and so many I, people like, were talking about how they're happy about having Origin at the end of the year, but barely anyone tuned in to watch. Yeah, and and like it, looking back, it it kind and it was missing something too. I know you and me talked about that at the time. It just it felt like an exhibition series in its in its own right. It didn't feel like Origin really, um, but yeah, I, look, I've I've not heard a single sporting competition where they've been able to say that the ratings were dramatically increased in any way. So I think that it's maybe something to do with COVID and just people's general um, feeling at the moment. But, yeah, I never even thought of the idea that people just are sick of looking at screens. You make a really good point there. As always. (laughs) I wonder if, uh, if Pornhub ratings are down. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Do we know yeah, anyone who, who's an expert in watching pornography to who might be able to help us out there? Hang on. Let me go to their website and find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's on there somewhere. They, they have ratings there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know what? <laughs> we, we won't do it now. We'll do it later. You know, that's busy research for another time. Someone's got six and a half hours worth of research to do after the podcast. Someone else will be helping out for six and a half minutes. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Uh, the, it was interesting seeing a footy game with fans. That was good. It was nice. Yeah. Um, I'm watching so many sporting events at the moment where there's no fans. So it was good to see people being able to cheer on a, a game. Um, and, yeah, but I, I, I did. I found it weird that Channel 9 chose to go with the – tennis rather than the rugby league because you know it's fucking tennis well i think they probably paid a fair chunk for the tennis yeah um and i think they want to try and get as much as they can out of it as they possibly are are possibly able to so that's what they're doing i wonder what the ratings were for the tennis eh? at the same time no idea couldn't care yeah who gives a shit um yeah. Now, oh, yep. Yep. What other news have we got? The Dalian voting system is set to be overhauled. Oh, well, that's good because, you know, that's uh, 
one of the things that have needed change. So they're getting rid of all the journalists, yeah? No. Oh, okay. No. So you know how the current system is they have three players. The best player gets three points, second best two points, third best gets one point. Yeah, and that, that part of it's reasonable, yeah. No, it's not anymore. Oh, they're getting rid of the, the scoring system. Yeah, we're not going to have a three-two-one scoring system anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a ten-nine-eight-seven-six-five-four-three-two-one scoring system. Okay. Yeah. And so, how many players get those ratings? Well, you know, the top ten players in a game will be getting a, a score between one and ten. But what about the eleventh player? Fuck him. <laughs> you make a good point once again. <laughs> the, Hang on a sec. Okay, hang on a second. So you're watching a football game, right? You mm-hmm. and me are rugby league experts. Yeah. Let, okay, let's go by last night's game. Mm-hmm. Someone says pick the 10 best players out of that game. That's yep. not something you can do easily, right? You've got to really sit down and have a think about that for a, a decent amount of time. Mm. And then you've got to take those top 10 players and rate them on a scale of 1 to 10. And everyone's scale of 1 to 10 is different. Like, when I would do the Origin 1 to 10 ratings for every player, my scale was really, really harsh. Like, if you played an all right game, you got a 6 for just a decent game. And people used to get really pissed off about that. Um, So going to a 10, 10 to 1 system... And you only do the top well, ten players. What if there's eleven players because you've got players that got sixes and shit? Well, this is the thing. This is this is the idea initially. Is that they, there's a few ideas. The first one is the top ten players get voted on. Another one is every single player in the game, so all thirty four players, mm-hmm. will get a mark out of ten, mm-hmm. which is the old rugby league week scoring method. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So could you imagine <laughs> Stanley M Knight? Yeah. And uh, Fox Sports says to the NRL, you know what? We've been watching how the AFL does their brown low, and they get pretty good ratings for that. And they go from round one all the way through. I think we need to do that. We we would need to start broadcasting the week. <laughs> no, right the, now. The We're going to start right well, fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to get last year's results, we need to start now and get it done in time for this year's to start. It would take a fucking eternity. Yeah. How, and how this, about the idea that you get to the end and it's like, and the winner of the 2021 Dally M with 7,528 <laughs> points. Winning by me, 2,451. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! The, the this problem is the... with the problem with the Dalian is not the scoring system. It's the people that imp- that do the scoring, who we know some of them don't watch the games at all, literally, and then like they just pick the wrong players. And we've gone through this before, where you and me have talked about games where we've said, "Hey, who, who do you reckon was the best player in this game?" And it's been some random player that has been picked out of nowhere. What's well, the thing? I think last year they used. God, must have been. I don't think any any judge adjudicated on more than two games. Yeah, and it was all ex players. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, I I don't. I'm going to ask me. I don't think there was too much. I was that concerned with the Dalian thing. Um, it always tends to favour the same sort of few 
key players here and there. That's just the way it is. That's why these things work. You know, no one is ever going to get three points because they were defensively fucking immense. Yeah. You're more, you're more likely to get three points if you set up a try than if you make 80 fucking tackles in a game. Exactly. Yeah. And like, so it's always skewed towards attack and not so much defense. And it's always skewed towards attack that provides a result. Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. have a few line breaks or a line break assist, but someone else scores the tries or someone else you know creates a try on the next play, you're likely to be ignored for that. It's the mm-hmm. player who sets up the trial, the player who scores the try that tends to get looked at a bit more. Um, it is a bit simplistic at times in that in that regard, but you know what? It's basically a bunch of media trying to do a, an award for themselves. I think the only way that you, if you want to have something that's got a bit of credibility, you've just got to ask the referees to do a judging system and they keep all the scores amongst themselves and they, res, they reveal the results on, you know, on the night. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Or, uh, you know, the, the thing with the Dalling M, and I, I said it a bunch of times, I find it weird that you've got this award that's supposed to be for consistency over the course of the season and Darren Lockyer never won it. It's mm. It just, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's probably something that, that, that consistency thing is probably something they're trying to eradicate, which mm. would it would do by having this thing where everyone gets a score out of 10. It certainly eradicates that. Um, but it's just a much more demanding, convoluted method. Yeah, and it, like if these judges haven't taken it seriously before, this isn't going to make them take it seriously now. No. Um, and this so, is the thing, like some, some people are inclined to give a player who gets sin-binned, like a five-point penalty or something like that. Others may yeah. think, you know what, you know, he may have got Simbin for doing something that helped his team and might have actually saved the game. So we're not going to docking points. We're going to say, you know what, you you took one for the team and you did something to save your team. The, the game well, could be holding down a player who broke away mm-hmm. and you hold on to him for too long, something from playing the ball. But if it saves a try, you go off for 10 minutes and your team wins and, you know, it happens in the last five minutes or so, you've practically won your team the game. Exactly. So it's it's a it's a weird fucking thing. They they need to have probably clear guidelines on how points are awarded to players and stuff like that. And I don't think that a bunch of journos or a bunch of people who sit on an ARLC board are going to be the right people to talk to about that sort of thing. True. And you know the other thing is too, like, is there anything they haven't changed at this point in the last 18 months? The name of the game. Yeah, the name of the game and the shape of the ball. That's the only things. Well, yeah. The shape of the ball was one that we got meddled with several years ago, as you as you told me about. And uh, I dare say they went, you know what, we're not going to go back down that path again. <laughs> the 2000 World Cup, very famous. We should, uh, what we need to do, maybe Tony Collins would be good to talk about the 2000 World Cup with, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people don't understand how bad that was. Yeah, that was... I've only heard bits and pieces of it, and it, it's nothing about it was ever good. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, this idea of the score out of 10, it does seem like it's a Peter Vlandy's one. It does, doesn't it? Um, he's the one who's been talking about it, so he must have come up with the idea because he wouldn't talk about it otherwise. Speaking of Peter Vlandy's, mm. he, he decided that he wanted to have the New South Wales, the sitting 
New South Wales Police Commissioner on the ARL board. All right, so this is the New South Wales Police Commissioner? Yes. This same police force that's had to pay a fine for mis- uh, to Curtis Scott for mistreatment of him when they arrested him last year? Yeah, definitely the same police commissioner that oversaw the police force that did that. Okay. But there's not a conflict of interest there. No, no. That, that's... Yeah. How, so, how, so how does that make him a more suitable person for the job? Well... He's he's here, right? He's the New South Wales Police Commissioner, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Police. You just say the word police. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. It was between him and Sting, but Sting was unavailable. Well, that's okay, because you know, no one can understand what Sting says. Yeah. Um, who wants to have a vegan on the ARL board? No one needs that shit in their lives. Um, <laughs> here's the problem. Okay. If you've got the New South Wales Police Commissioner, because that's what he currently Mm -hmm. is, on the Mm -hmm. ARLC, Mm -hmm. and a rugby league player breaks a law, wouldn't there be some sort of conflict of interest here? Because he's going to either having to hold up the law Mm. or protect the board that he works on and the players that play underneath it. So is he going to give the rugby league players a free ride? Or is he going to crack down on them even harder, which yeah. is then, which is then abusing the law of the police force by trying to make an example out of rugby league players because of their profile? Yes, yeah, I understand that those concerns come up in the first fifteen seconds of hearing this idea, but he's the police commissioner, and Peter Volantis thought it was a good idea. It's, and, uh, it's pretty much already written in stone. Then, well, I think he's withdrawn now. He's, he withdrew pretty quickly. I don't know what that's like, but um, he it, it seems like it's off now. I know a lot of people are upset, too, at the idea of, like, this guy should be putting all of his efforts into the government-funded job that he's got and not sitting around talking about football at any point of that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's – there's some weird shit going on in rugby league lately, isn't there? There is, yeah. Maybe we should try and – you know, use our game to get, you know, to get people of influence into the game that's going to help the game. So instead of using the police commissioner to help players get off, you know, criminal charges or the like, maybe there's other things we can use. There's other people we can get come across. Maybe the head of Pfizer could come across. That would be good. That would be good. It'd be good for the vaccine. Not so much with the little blue pills. I don't feel like they're needed in rugby league. No, um, no, no. We don't need those anymore. No, no. We're all, we've got enough of those. Um, who else would be good to bring in? Like, you need you need spin doctors. You need some spin merchants. Maybe there's a job for Scott Morrison there then. I mean, I know he's a rugby union man, but <laughs> he could come across, I guess. He's, he's good at PR. Look, he had a choice to make of which rugby league teams to support, and he chose the Sharks. Yeah, so he I made his bed. judgment right there is in question. He made his bed. Did you see um, he, him taking the photo op with the needle that still had the the uh, cap on the end? He's so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you would think that a Sharks supporter would know how a needle works, eh? Hey? <laughs> 
Boom dish. Uh, see, I knew you'd been sitting on that one. <laughs> only, only for five or six hours. <laughs> That's the only reason why you went to podcast today. I've got yeah, a fucking I'm joke. I'm, gonna <laughs> fucking I'm, I'm done. Thank you to everyone for listening to me now. I'm just leaving yeah. the floor to Andrew. I'll wrap this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, what else was there? there was something else I was going to mention that happened in the news, too. Oh, you know what I saw in the news? Prince Harry has stepped down from his role within the Rugby Football League. Remember his great role within the Rugby Football League? Oh, that was the one where he came over to Australia. He went to the Rugby League Museum. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah, I think it was the Rugby League World Cup or something like that. See, I... Uh... He, he threw out there the token quote, yes, which you can have forever, Yeah, to prove that he thought about the game once, and he said, you know, he was going to get uh, his son Archie to play Rugby League. Yeah. And all of the people in Northern England went, oh, we love the fucking royal family now. And, you know, that pretty much worked. It was great PR for the royal family. Uh, I, I actually said how he did absolutely nothing for the game. Like, it was, remember when Paul Sculthorpe retired from International Rugby League and he hadn't actually been playing any football for two years? Um, and, and somebody said that because they had the draw, the Rugby League World Cup draw in Buckingham Palace, that that was worth its weight in gold to rugby league and it made me think can you remember what the last event was in buckingham palace outside of uh wheeling the the really really old one out into an ambulance <laughs> um they say the queen had dinner last night yeah that's about it like no one cares what happens at buckingham palace like no one unless it's involving you that like no one sits there and goes you know what yeah. They they had a reception for the the hockey players. Every and now and then they go and play hockey. Every now and then they let a few peasants in there to look around at some of the paintings, keep them under guard. But they put yeah. the security cameras on because you don't have them on all the time. Well, no, you don't know how many of these you know filthy minions are going to start pinching shit out of the fucking foyer. Exactly. All of a sudden you go to get a fork out of the the drawer and it's like, where's my gold fork? I need my gold fork. Now we'll use one of the other ones. Yeah, now I'm going to have to use the the silver one. <laughs> I feel so cheap right now. Exactly. So you get it. You get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This like this is a, this is a place where they they even got sick of Prince Harry. They're like, yeah, you're a royal. Yeah, yeah, we we've we've it. got a, we've got enough of you royals. You can piss yeah. off to Canada. We don't. Yeah, we we'll be fine. You're not going to get on the throne, so you're, you're pretty only, much surplus. Yeah. Once you become like eighth in line, it's like fuck off. Yeah, and you married some divorced woman, so you know. <sighs> Had she been married before? I believe so. Oh, I didn't know that. We, we know how the royals are about that. Yeah. Yeah, sort of full of virtue and morals and stuff. And we're exactly. getting right off contrary right off track here. Hey, yeah, what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, yeah, I don't know. So he, he stepped we're not, down. If we're, not care, if we're not careful, start ditching into the, the whole German bloodline and, you know, getting themselves in line with Nazis and stuff like that. Yeah, apart from the fact that the... No, don't, okay, I won't say that. that it's, it's okay. We can swing it back to what, what the Nazis did to France Rugby League and stuff like that. We can get back on topic now. We probably could, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he stepped, so he stepped down from his role, which is a massive loss for the game overall because he was such a crusader for Rugby League worldwide. Everyone used to hear his name and think Rugby League. So, 
you know, who's, I don't know. Be, who should be a new ambassador? For what? For the podcast? No, for rugby league. We need a new one now that Harry stood there, and we need some other big name superstar. Mickey Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yeah. I need to go bigger. Okay, bigger. Um, oh, I was going to say Adele, but um, what about? <laughs> you don't want to go there, Andrew? Not going there, mate. Not going there. Not touching that. Uh, uh, what about somebody? Mainly because I'm, 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 I don't know. I, I didn't know that she was that popular in the music world. I don't listen to her style of music. Yeah, neither do I. I've listened to a bloke who does metal covers, and he covered two of her songs, and they sound pretty fucking awesome. So I feel I feel like the people that like Adele's music are the type that like sit there by themselves drinking glasses of wine, crying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah who would be a really good ambassador for rugby league? Bruce Willis. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard he's a bit of a prick. Actually, even even like better. Person, yeah. I'd actually get him to replace Peter Vlandis. Yeah, let's do it. I'm up for that. Because, yeah, you know, if you just say to him, Bruce, all we want you to do is say, we're going to go back to these rules that we had two years ago. <laughs> and just that's it. That's all you got to do. If someone comes up to you and starts demanding something... Just pull off your shirt, pull out a fake gun, and say, "You shit the, you shit the fuck down." You, That's you it. know what? It's. I just had a thought that all of these changes that have been made by Peter Volandis, it's like he's got a Rolodex, right, that has on this day in rugby league in it, and he flicks over the next day and says, "On this day in 1996, they there was a rule change with how the referees could referee," and he's like, "Oh yeah, let's bring that back." That's I thought maybe you'd have one of the, you know, those. Things that you used to have with as kids, and you put your fingers in, and you moved them around backwards and forwards, and you open up the little flap, and you go one, two, three, four. And you open up the little flap, and it tells you something. And he's got one of those things. A thing, a thing you'd put your fingers in with little flaps. <laughs> Made of paper. Set oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they're called. Yeah, I don't know either. Maybe, maybe someone's listening can tell us what they're called. Let me look. Let me just type in here. You yeah. don't, don't do it on Pornhub. Go to the other website. Oh, okay. <laughs> you will you'll go down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> well, it depends if they've got one. Uh, there'll be rabbits on there. <laughs> okay, so what's next on our list of news? Is there any other news? Um there was one of the one of the uh players in the all-Stars game got a broken wrist. I think it was Zane Musgrove. Oh, really? And I saw there was actually, I think Dale Copley copped a really horrible, odd injury during the trial game for the Broncos the other day where he ended up getting a um, fractured throat. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's terrible. Crazy thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, some weird things. And the... Broncos played a trial game, I think, against uh, Winner Manly or someone, one of the Brisbane uh, Brisbane Rugby League club teams, mm-hmm. and it was a draw. I've got a feeling something tells me they did the same thing last year. They played one of those club teams and they had a draw then, or they may have lost the game by two points. Yeah. So if, the, if they couldn't beat one of those teams again, even if it was with their development players, maybe it's all you know. Maybe it augurs poorly for another another bad season for the for the Broncos. 
Yeah, I wonder, like I always think with trial matches, you like you shouldn't look into the result too much, but you don't want to lose them all. You know what I mean? I especially think especially when you're coming have, up, especially when you come up against a team that's in a competition below you. Below you, yeah, that's a good point. But um, it, it's going to be interesting. Like the Broncos have had a, a disrupted off season with stuff happening off the field and things like that. It's the last thing they really needed. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out the gates. I think if they come out the gates really slowly, it could get really, really bad really, really quickly. And I, I'm hoping that it doesn't go that way because I think Kevin Walters deserves a chance. You know, he's wanted this job for a long time. He stepped into it at the worst time. I think he could have stepped into the role. And I would just hate to see it be one of those situations where they get to the, like they start talking about end of season reviews in May or June. Yeah. It's almost like they're prepping themselves to uh, can him beforehand. Yeah. And it, but, and it feels like it's going in that direction already. Like, you know, they haven't really improved their team at all. And there's been all this off season problems and, you know, Payne Haas, who's probably their best player has been in the news for all the wrong reasons. And I, it just looks like it's going to be, an even worse year than last year. Like if you looked at the entrance into last year compared to this year, this year's been worse and that's scary. Yeah. And the, the squad is less experienced this year than it was last, this time last year. Yeah. And like I'm, I'm watching David Fafita play last night and he's a monster in his first game of the season. And I'm thinking to myself, how do they let him go? Like if you're the Broncos, surely you look at the talent you've got, and you, you think, we can't allow somebody like this to leave the club. You know, just give him what he wants. Would the Broncos right now pay one million bucks to have David Fafita in their team? I suggest they would. Oh, hell yeah. I'll tell you what, one other player that surprised me um, from that game last night. Yeah. Andrew Fafita looks fucking fit. Yeah, he does. And it was good to see. He, like, he really had so like. His legs last year were stuffed. Yeah, and look, he's still got one knee brace on, but, man, he was moving so much freely. He was moving side to side, which I haven't seen much of for the last two years. Chasing through kicks, chasing through everywhere. Man, he is running around everywhere. It was great to see. And because you felt sorry for him last year because you knew he probably shouldn't have been playing, but he was strapping himself up and getting on with the job. And he's talked about it himself. Um, And so, yeah, it was amazing to see him slim down a little bit. And uh, yeah, just moving apparently, well. Apparently, he's lost nearly twenty kilos in the off season. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a, and it looks like it too. He, he looks very fit. Yeah, um, I'm expecting a pretty big year from him this year, given how much he's trimmed down and how how much energetic he looked. Because uh, I don't think he's going to be putting weight on during the season. He'll probably lose a little bit more as, as the season wears on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's looking phenomenal. Yeah, good was, to see. It, it was good to see him. Good to see Benji. I really liked a lot of the stuff Latrell did. Not, I only saw the second half. Uh, no, he, I, he, he didn't do much in the first half. But the second half, he started to started to inject himself a bit on the on the left side. So it's kind of playing left center again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he just looks more comfortable there, uh, and was just getting more creative out there as well. It's just he something does. about him being a fullback. He just, I don't know. I think. 
I don't think it's the fact that he's not comfortable with it. I think he's just subconsciously, he just goes to the left-hand side, which is why I think uh, Robinson just kept putting him at left centre all the time. Yeah. but the, And, like, you want him to have the ball as much as possible. And before Absolutely. he got injured last year, he really started getting it. Like, he started doing things where you're like, holy shit, if he keeps playing like this, the competition's in a bit of trouble. And then he got that, that rotten injury with his hammy. He yeah. really tore his hammy really badly. And so it was good to see him just moving well again. And he didn't seem hampered or, or even hesitant on, on his, on his leg, which was great to see. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it was, it was good to see rugby league back again. I, I'm ready for the rugby league season to start. Hey, well, one thing we've got to wait on beforehand, mm-hmm. everything stops until this, this issue gets sorted out. If the media's anything to believe. Yeah. Is where Cameron Smith goes. Yeah, I I actually heard somebody on a radio station that is owned by the broadcaster of Rugby League in Australia, and he was saying that people are entitled to know where Cam, what Cameron <laughs> Smith is doing. And it's like, you fucking idiot. Sorry, what are you talking about? People are entitled to know. But I love the way Cameron Smith is playing it, just not saying anything. I, I heard a theory, and I, I immediately scoffed it. But then you know, I started thinking about it going, maybe there's something to this. And yeah. that is, if, say, the Broncos or the Titans had actually come to an agreement with Cameron Smith last year, mm-hmm. but they've decided not to sign him until, say, let's say March. Yeah. That's six months from when the contracts for the current year start till now. Mm-hmm. that they don't have to pay him a cent, which means they yeah. can only pay him for a six-month contract, which will cover yeah. the entire season. So they can own, that means they only have to pay him half his worth. So they can actually come out and say, you know what, we'll pay $550,000, $600,000 for Cameron Smith. He might be mm-hmm. worth $1.2 million, but we're only getting him for six months. And you go, yeah, you know I, what? I see, I see where they're getting at. I, like, I, don't, I don't believe it works that way. But I can see how they're thinking about it, and I, I do wonder if maybe that that is a loophole that they're trying to exploit. Because apparently the Broncos and the Titans are both um, the strongest candidates to pick him up. It sounds like the Storm have pretty much decided that he's not coming back there because they've they've gone and named new captains for the year. I think. Who so, are the captains? I haven't heard that. Oh, there was talk. I, I didn't see they went, but there were there was a thing on Twitter a couple of days ago saying that they were going to be announcing who their new club captain was going to be, and they, they had a yeah. small group of players there. Yeah. Um, there was about five players that were in, in the hunt for it, and Cameron Smith wasn't amongst them. That's interesting. I, like, it, look, he when you go to when you say I'm going back to Queensland and it's not North Queensland, you back yourself into a corner in terms of the clubs you can go to, obviously. Mm. And I I still think he's going to end up at the Titans because I can't imagine him looking at the Broncos situation and saying that's how he wants to end his career unless they paid him a shitload of money. And I I just don't think they've got that available. But, you know, it would depend if the NRL said, look, we don't like this deal and we're going to put a notional value on him. But if they did that, they should have done it to Sonny Bill Williams last year as well. Exactly. And, and, and like, they're, they're completely different universes in terms of the quality of player. Like, I I, I had no problems with Sonny Bill Williams 
um, being able to, you know, join a club like that. And Cameron Smith is the best hooker of all time. Like they're just not in the same realm, but no. um, you know, I also wonder if a, a player at Cameron Smith's age and he looks after himself really well physically. Um, I, I think the extended amount of time off wouldn't be good for him just to, because of his age. Um, I, well, I still think he's, he'll, apparently he's been training. Yeah, so I, I think he'll end up at the at the Titans. I really do. I feel like there's a bit of Tux and Drakes going on between him and the Titans. I don't think the Broncos are honestly part of the the whole situation. I think that that was tossed out there. If he is going to come back, I think that was tossed out to sort of give a bit of a hurry up to the Titans. Probably, yeah. I, I'll put this to you. I think what might happen is. There's a few cards that are all going to fall down pretty soon into place. I mm. think the NRL is going to announce that the Brisbane Jets are going to get the bid in 2023. Yep. Um, Craig Bellamy will get the coaching job for that team. Mm-hmm. And so he's he is definitely quitting Melbourne at the end of this year. He's made that clear, which means he's got 2022. It's not really a year off, but it's a year where he can move up to his house in Queensland, in Brisbane, mm-hmm. and spend the whole year preparing the Brisbane Jets for their debut season, getting the roster yeah. ready, all sorts of things, getting things set up the way he likes it. Cameron Smith will play one season, be it at the Titans or the Broncos, and then he will spend 2022 working alongside Craig Bellamy as his assistant coach for the for the Jets. That feels it, it feels so right, doesn't it? You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We we're actually we've planned to do a uh, interview with Nick Livermore for a couple of weeks. We're just waiting, waiting for the right time to do it. We'll, we'll put it to him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what he says. We'll yeah, see if he gets cagey. I dare say he'll keep his cast as close to his chest. But I remember the last time we spoke to him, he's, I think he'd said that um, they were definitely keen on having Craig Bellamy and there, there seemed to be, you know, a reciprocal feeling from him as well. Yeah. So that's always played in the back of my mind. I think that's something that might happen. What happens to the Walker brothers then, do you reckon? Uh, well, Kevy will get sacked by then, so they'll probably take over the Broncos at last. They'll finally get a coaching gig. That is rough. <laughs> that's really rough. Yeah, remember this episode, though. They'll come back. It'll happen. It will, yeah. <laughs> I guarantee. Well, you know, we are experts. Well, yeah, we are. We, it's been established for a quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I did get recognised by the uh, the head of rugby league for the world as well as being an expert. So, you know, it's not. This is just not a tag I gave myself willy nilly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's... I was I was recognised uh, walking through Mount Druid Shopping Centre the other day. <laughs> um, that turns out they were mistaken. They thought I was their cousin. I'm not, but still. That's still pretty unique for Mount Druitt. Yeah, yeah. I was just happy to, you know, still have my wallet at the end of the encounter. <laughs> okay, go, shit, I wasn't related to him. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it, dude. How, how did that not happen? <laughs> but, yeah. There you go. Well, that was fascinating. Now, <laughs> have we had any emails? Oh, we it's, did, actually. There was a, we, had a, we had a super, super, super long email. Um, one that was so long, I thought it was worth. It, it's not. It's too long to tag on the end of an episode. Um, Are you <laughs> sure? 
in the website. My, my internet is really slow tonight, so the website's loading really slow. What if I was to say that maybe this was not the end of an episode, but more the middle of it? <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Midnight? Yeah. Hang on, hang on. Let's have a look. It, it's finally loading up. Okay. Here's one from <laughs> from Jack Pappenhausen. He Ooh. says, he says, all right, you fucks. What is it going to take to see Freaky's face or meet Fergo at a match? Can't can't even see your email straight up. Either way, if Andrew Ferguson actually watches rugby league, would love you to come to a store match this year. I'm in Sydney and I'm an alcoholic. And then he says, I know he doesn't drink. But then he says, but love my storm and I live in Concord. So maybe he can just bitch about tigers while I nod. <laughs> my brother just moved to Melbourne. So I'll definitely be down there a couple of times this year. As for Freaky, love you too. And not sure if real or a bot still. That's really interesting. Yeah, nah, you're a legend. Do you go to games much? Much love, Jack and Housen. The Jack and Housen. Jack and Housen, that sounds great. I, I do go to games. Um, I do often go to Melbourne Storm games just to watch live rugby league. Yeah. Um, sometimes just to stir up the Storm fans because they do take it like, way too serious for rugby league fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put it down to them being AFL fans. Like, AFL fans are very much more aggressive than rugby league fans are. And racist too. That's a given. Um, that's just an observation from me. Um, if you're an AFL fan, don't bother arguing with me because I know I'm right. <laughs> um, so they tend to, these Storm fans tend to be a lot more aggressive with their supporting of their team and derision of other teams. The greatest entertainment you'll ever get, seriously, is you go to a Storm game in Melbourne against Cronulla and mm-hmm. hear them dishing out abuse about the Sharks being cheats. It's the most entertaining thing you'll ever hear. <laughs> you just turn around and go, do you do remember those premierships you used to have? Yeah. How'd they disappear? Yeah. And just sit there and just turn turn back around. Don't look at them. Just turn your back on them and just prepare yourself for 45 minutes of them whatabouting and this and whatever else and bitching and moaning and dribbling and all the shit that goes on. Oh, it's just amazing. The greatest fun you'll have at a rugby league game. Yeah, so I, I need to get down to Melbourne and see a match. I'm just waiting for them to stop getting COVID, basically. <laughs> Mate, we own that shit down here. Yeah, yeah. Every Co- now and then when we think there's too many New South Welshmen coming to the state, fucking quick, release the COVID. Get them back. Get yeah. them back. Release the hounds. <laughs> um, I go to. I only went to one match last year. That was with Nadine. She... she uh, had me as a guest of hers. It was an awesome experience. We beat the fuck out of Parramatta. Um, other than that, I, I get to, I'd say, four or five games a year. It just depends. Um, but, like, the last few years, it's it like the last year, and it's kind of 2019, we had a normal season. Um, I, was, I actually called way more games, and so I was going to way more... Um, New South Wales Cup games than NRL games, but it like I wasn't lowering my te- attention for the NRL. But like it was probably every, I would say like on average I was going and doing New South Wales Cup probably twice 
two two weekends every month or so, something like that. I did have breaks every so often, but you so, say yeah, it just depends, you know. And I watch, I try to watch every single game just because I love it. I like watching every single game. Um, so yeah, but it it really depends, like what the team is, what the game is, you know. Um, I used to have season tickets. I don't anymore because I just found that I, I would rather just pick and choose the games these days. Now, speaking of uh, of supporting certain teams, yeah, I've, I've always done this thing with my, with my little girl where I've always said to her, you know, are you going to go for the Sharks like your mummy or are you going for, your, for the Tigers like your daddy? And she goes, she'd always say, oh, I like the Sharks with mum. Or she'd try and say, oh, I like both teams because she doesn't want to upset either of us. Mm-hmm. It's always a cute little fun thing. Anyway, uh, on Saturday, I asked her this question. She says, you know, I think I like the Pink Panthers. Yes. I was like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I went and watched them out that was soap, and she now supports the West Tigers begrudgingly. No, no, yeah, I've got to, I've got to try and find her some some Panthers gear now. Apparently, she's it's because they're pink. She likes the color pink. And I went. I just I knew that it. was. I genuinely I knew this was going to happen. Intern, intern, get Ivan on the phone. We got another one. All right. So. I, I did take to Twitter to say that um, she's now ditched the Tigers for the for the Panthers. Excellent. The rivalry continues. <laughs> <laughs> the grudge match. The grudge match. Hostilities. Why is it the kids always go for another team? Yeah, I, I don't mind. I'm Do just glad she that... didn't pick one of the teams that I completely hated. That was that was my biggest concern. <laughs> first, first of all, when you say you don't mind. Okay, don't say it like you're dying inside, all right? (laughs) I I don't want my daughter to go through misery. So I I know I was never really passionate about her supporting the West Tigers. (laughs) But just let me deal with that on my own. I'll take the misery for all of us. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, they're not the worst team to support. Um, I would say they're the best team to support either, but yeah, there are worse teams. Like, See, I, mean, I was, I was thinking maybe yeah. I should try and make the clubs fight for her, fight for her custom. And I thought I'll go on Twitter because I'm pretty sure the, those three clubs will follow me. I went there and had a look. The West Tigers don't follow me. The Sharks don't follow me. The Panthers do. I went. Of course, this is another sign. <laughs> the Panthers. The Panthers are a wonderful club, aren't they? This is going to go on there and saying. You know, which club would be more keen to sign up my daughter as a life member and just have the Twitter handle for each club and see which one would jump for first at it? But I, just mm-hmm. went, yeah, I know the Panthers will because I'll see my tweet. Yeah, and I would have pushed that too. I would have, I would have <laughs> gone crazy about that. Um, by the way, I guess we should probably talk about this because it's been big news. I know it's not footy related, but the 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 shit that's going on at the Canterbury Bulldogs – was pretty outrageous. And the fact that the club has stood behind Adam Elliott through all of it is, uh, it's a little bit crazy to me. Yeah. Um, It's an interesting thing at the Bulldogs. There tends to be too many instances in their history since 2000 anyway of, of players' dicks getting into the media. Um, they've got a 
issue there they need to address. I don't know how you deal with an issue like that. And I'm not saying it's a cultural thing because it's probably only happened like a handful of times, but it's just happened more times there than at any other club, it seems. Um, yeah. And, it, and Adam just... Elliott's just being in the press too many times for off-field indiscretions. Yeah, and for a pretty average player, you know. And, and like it, normally I wouldn't, because I don't care what players do in their private time. But I just think it's weird that the in a situation like this where you could have a problem at a club that the club has chosen to stand behind a player that is alleged to have done what he's done. And he look, he wasn't alone in making the choice that he made. But I, I don't know. I just thought it was strange. And, you know, what a weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Apparently he's going to undergo professional help for alcohol issues. Mm-hmm. Is that enough? Man, I was... I, I, I just found it so strange and like a, a really sad situation too, like really sad. And um, yeah, I, like not the way the Bulldogs wanted to start their season, but you know, it felt like the sort of situation where you would say, listen, we need everyone to just go and sort themselves out. And for us as a club to not really say much at all about any of this and, um, yeah, and, and the way that it blew up this week in the media and, and on social media and stuff, it was just a re- it was a really rotten situation and the sort of situation you don't want to see um, anybody really going through at all. It just sucked. Yeah, there's nothing good about it. Um, you know, in another uh, Last bit of news there is about Corey, Newman, Corey Norman. We heard a, a few months ago, I think it was, mm-hmm. where well, it was a few months. It was last month. Mm-hmm. He was out having dinner with a few lady friends, and James Seguiaro and some bloke came on, was being a bit racist, and pulled a knife on him, and there was a bit of an altercation. Mm-hmm. And remember, there was a press release came out from his business. Yeah, and that, what they what happened. stood for. Yeah, yeah. Well, it appears the NRL has basically accepted. Their 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 um their view of what went on yeah because I said we accept that there was a degree of provocation which led to the incident so they're agreeing with what they said and what mm-hmm. happened and how it all went down but as the game we have been very clear the provocation is not an excuse to engage in a street fight this is a quote from NRL CEO Andrew Abdo. Mm-hmm. Our players are role model, role models for younger people in our community, and they need to set the example for how to respond in such circumstances. Let's just stop for a sec. Yeah. They're dealing with someone who's being racist. Yeah. And they had women as company. Yeah. And then these people pulled a knife. Yeah. And Norman and Seguiaro decided to take them on physically to try and shut down the situation before it got worse. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they're not allowed to do that because he says, we will always support our players who are subject to any form of use, but any form of violence is not an acceptable response. Yeah, that's somebody that's never fucking had to defend themselves, you know? Especially like, two people who like, are defending like more than themselves. Over. Yeah. 
it's how how do you deal with someone who wants to have a confrontation, a physical one, because they've pulled a knife out? How do you deal with that without using any physical means whatsoever? Yeah, exactly. How do you talk out of someone who wants to have a confrontation, a physical one, because they're instigating it? This is all allegedly, mind you, but we can only go from what we've heard from the uh, the press release from Corey Norman, and and it's it's a press release which the NRL seemingly accepts as what has happened here. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like sometimes trouble finds you, and True. like I, I mean, I grew up in an area where it, you you had to be ready for something to happen, because if you weren't ready for something to happen and you weren't ready to defend yourself like you were going to be a victim eventually. And so like, I just grew up being aware of everything that was going on around me. And, you know, you've, you just, sometimes you just got to defend yourself because if you don't, yeah, you're going to end up being the victim. And I tell you what, if Corey Norman and James Aguiaro and the people I were with weren't doing anything wrong and they stopped themselves from being victims by being proactive, I'm all for it. I say good luck to them. Yeah, if if the version of events is genuinely what happened, mm. then the NRL needs to have another look at this. Just go, you know what? There's got to be a way that we can say that we don't want you to be violent mm-hmm. and we're going to hand you some form of punishment, but not something this severe. Because what's happened is Corridor has been fined 20 grand Suspended for two NRL games, one of them being suspended for 12 months on good, you know, if he behaves himself. Yeah. He's also got under, has to undergo education and training. You know, about what? Like, ne- you know what? Next time you're out and somebody racially abuses you and pulls a knife on you, agree what you've got to do is you've got to <laughs> think about their situation and where they've been and why they're in this angry state. Maybe sit them down and have a talk with them. It's like go fuck yourself. I yeah, I there's a lot of allegedly involved in here, obviously, but I think I think um, yeah, this is a, a lot of grey areas in this one. I think they've come up with a rather clearly defined penalty that none of this is going to be accepted. And for most of the cases that go on, the NRL will be absolutely right. This one's quite a bit trickier. There's women involved. There's racism involved. There's a fucking knife involved. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you, you've got to look at things a little bit more leniently. And look, I'm, I'm one of the uh, biggest uh, supporters of coming down heavily on players when they do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Given that these players seemingly have not started this and they're defending themselves against racism, they're def- they're trying to protect some women. I don't see how that's what they're doing there is a bad thing. Yeah. It seems to me they were trying to disarm a situation from getting worse, and yes, that is going to mean they have to get physical. Yeah. But in the end, no one got hurt. Um so I said a lot of allegedly is involved. We'll have to wait more, I guess, to see. The dragons came out and said that uh they're not going to say anything. That was a great announcement. <laughs> so I think he's got a week to decide whether he wants to contest the decision or not. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose we'll see what happens. 
Would, would I rather Corey Norman come out with a statement saying this is what happened and or, or would I rather him, you know, wake up to the news that he's been in hospital because somebody stabbed him because, you know, he, he allowed himself to become a victim so that Andrew Abdo could put out a positive press release and make himself feel happy. Fuck that. I, I hope that if rugby league players are confronted by some idiot that wants trouble, I hope rugby league players give them some fucking trouble. Yeah. Beat their uh, ass, I say. Beat the shit out of people. Yeah. I. We, we can't be a game that sits there and talk about how we've got to stand up for women, we've got to stand against racism and stuff like that, and then we punish someone who does both of those things. Exactly, 100%. You know, oh, we're standing up for this, that, and the other, but don't stand up for yourself. Mm. Just crawl into the fetal position and they'll allow your ass to get kicked. Yeah. Like, fuck that. That's a bit crazy. Now, uh, another another bit of news, a bit of sad one as well, but um, the first ever State of Origin referee passed away during the week. Oh, really? Billy Thompson, who was an English referee. Mm-hmm. Back in the days when they decided that, you know, for pretty much all contests, when it became a rep match, you need to have a neutral referee. Mm-hmm. So the first international rugby league game, uh, sorry, international, uh, sorry, the first state of origin game was hosted by someone who was not Australian as a referee. So they got Billy Thompson over to referee a game. He passed away at the age of 87. Oh, wow. He lived a long time. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of, he had a long career as a referee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, obviously he was the top line referee over in England for decades. Um, he actually suffered a bit of an injury in 1984 in the, mm. uh, the final, I think it was, it was Wigan and someone else it was always Wigan, of course. So <laughs> he would have been probably 50 at the time. Yeah. And that's when he retired. Wow, um, that's incredible. Yeah. Born in Huddersfield. Paul um, yeah, there's there another, um, Kevin Dan from the former Panthers player also passed away, I think yesterday. Yeah. I, I'd never heard of him. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. Played in the seventies and eighties, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was been around for a while too. So, um, I, yeah, that's a bit of sad news. Just a bit of sad news. Yeah. We've got something, we've got something interesting to finish off with is a bit more happy. Uh, well, we look, we got a massive, massive email from a, a person called Ed. I'll just call you Ed, Ed. And, uh, Good work, Ed, he, Ed. Ed. And he sent us a gigantic email. So we'll, we'll save that for the next um, podcast that we do. But he has been following my website and back when I was on the forums from the early to, to mid-2000s. And he talks about when I used to stir up people on playtheball.com, which was basically the first forum I ever went on as League Freak. And uh, that's where the glory day started. So, and he goes, he's he's written two emails actually back to back. And I wanted to, they were too, it was too big of an email to um, just shoehorn into an episode. He goes through a lot of different subjects. So I thought we'd save that for the next episode. All righty, that sounds good. Mm. Um, I've got a little bit of player signing news. There's not much oh, there. Yeah. Um, Parramatta has signed former Bulldogs and Dragons centre Tim Laffey. Okay. 
He's basically on a Canterbury Cup contract, not so much an NRL one. Yeah, that's um, not a bad signing, a, a, a depth signer. That's not bad for depth. Yeah. Um, the Dragons have completed the signing of Andrew McCulloch on a three-year deal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's insane, that deal. Um, Canberra have re-signed Amre Gula for another two years. Isa Yea, who's signed a new deal with Penrith, which will keep him there till 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeo will be the co-captain of the Panthers with Nathan Cleary this year. Yeah, good decision. Really good yeah. decision, that one. Yeah. Is anyone surprised that Ivan that Ivan let his boy become captain? Well, it, look, he's, he was eventually going to be captain at some point. I guess the only thing that worried me about it was you don't want to lump him with too much, but obviously the time is right. Like, I think that he's the natural leader of the club anyway. You might as well just put the C next to his name. Yes. Um Dean Farre has also been granted immediate release from the final of his deal to go over to the Super League. Yep. And the Dane Laurie Paul Momorowski switch has been confirmed, I think, hasn't it? I I haven't seen that it's been confirmed yet. I've been busy this week, but I I haven't seen any confirmation of it. Let's see if I can find it on here. I, I heard about it. I thought it must have already happened. Yeah. Uh, Dane Laurie. Yeah, no, it's confirmed. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's so, you know, it's good for Dane Laurie. Yeah, you get to play first grade. Momorowski will continue to be a depth player. Yeah, pretty at much. Another club. Yeah. The uh, have you seen the campaign by Bulldog supporters trying to get Matt Burton released? <laughs> Look, I'll I'll give the Bulldogs a bit of advice. The first thing you need to do if you're going to get any Panthers player is you need to have a hateful campaign and rivalry with the Panthers. It's the only way shit gets done. <coughs> Start attacking them in the media yeah. nonstop. Yeah, just just viciously go after them and, and do it with half-assed lies. Yeah. That's how, that's how the West Tigers started, you know, when old Potato couldn't remember whether he walked out on the Panthers or whether he was sacked. <laughs> I mean, he claimed he was sacked, but he actually walked out on them, you know. That, that's how you do it. You just start with some bullshit like that. Potato, so, potato, you know it. You know. Exactly. And you've Bulldogs, you've got a ball in your court. You've got a former ty, uh, Panthers assistant coach there. He can do exactly the same thing. You say, oh, no, 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 they sacked me. So fuck them. You know, that's what you got to do. And just go from there. It's ex- just use the exact same playbook. It'll still work. Yeah. That's and you'll get your player. The only problem is you've got to have someone who Penrith kind of wants in return, so you get Burton. Who would the Panthers like out of the the Bulldogs' entire club? DWZ. <laughs> you know what? He's the only one who you kind of look at and be like, oh, maybe he could do something. There's potential there. There's potential yeah. there. He used to be a good player. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You don't really need any outside backs. No. Don't uh, need halves. Well, not their halves anyway. No. We got uh, Bert anyway. I suppose if they've got an experienced forward who can keep his dick in his pants, that might be a good start. Do they have any of those at the Bulldogs? No. No, none. Uh, oh, they've got the Englishman. You need an Englishman. Yeah, but, you know, English. Eh. You know, the, the last Englishman at the Panthers didn't go so well. But one of the, 
one of the Englishmen in the past went pretty well there. Old Steve-O. So, you know, maybe... I, I'm trying to think. if they had an Englishman since? Yeah, yeah, you had that, that tattooed guy that came over for a few games. Oh, that, yeah. You know, we had him. Oh, man, he was a bludger. And then... <laughs> I, remember, I forgot his name. Yeah. You don't need to remember his name. <laughs> and then they had... Um, remember they Matthew Elliott signed a player? Wow. Maybe... Willisie or something like that. So there, there was this like random English player he signed, and oh. it, it was ve- it was like this this weird signing where it was he wasn't even a Super League player, I don't think. And he signed him, and and I don't think he ever played first grade for the Panthers. Wow, that I mean that that would be a. Uh... A genuine, <laughs> a genuine sign that that Elliot would make. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was super random. Even at the time, with all of the tea leave reading and and you know, stuff. <laughs> it was one of those ones where it was like, man, what I don't know what tea he's drinking, but it's really strong. Actually, that that reminds me. I saw a tweet earlier today, which I showed you from. Um, from a random fan who just said, um, this fan said that they were at a dinner the other night with seven other blokes, one of whom mm. is a former coach at the highest level, a few dog supporters and a few dragon supporters. Mm. Everyone agreed that the dog should punt Matthew Alley immediately. The club is trying to rebuild after too many shithouse events. You can't buy culture. Um, and feel good like that tweet. <laughs> but wasn't it Adam Elliott? I don't know. No, I just saw dragons there. I, I just realised then that it says dog, so I, was, I got it wrong. I thought it was the thing about Matthew Allen. I thought, oh, Phil Gould didn't like Matthew Allen either, but there you go. Because <laughs> I, I just skimmed read it, scrim read past it. Yeah. And I thought you would have gone, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. You just went, huh? Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. It says dogs. I just, I always remember when Phil Gould come in as the, I don't know, general manager of the Panthers, and he basically started doing his review of the club. <laughs> And he straight away basically sacked Matthew Elliott immediately. He get, like he did the whole thing of like, okay, you know, couple of first couple of weeks, I'm just going to interview people, see what they think, and yeah, it, he just sacked him immediately. Put in Steve George Arliss. Yeah, we don't need this bloke around at all. Yeah, let's move him on. It helps save the club. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Getting rid of Matthew Elliott helps save the club. I cannot believe that anybody at the the Dragons, when somebody says, you know what, I want Matthew Elliott as my assistant coach, they don't just spit their coffee across the room and say, damn it, Hook, I didn't realize you're a fucking comedian. Now, who do you want as your assistant coach, really? <laughs> it's, I don't know, I, I found it absolutely laughable. Mm. Um, we'll see how it goes. But uh, you can you can tell that we'll we'll probably be riding the dragons behind this year. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be we'll be on the fan side and shitting on the coaching structure. You know what? That's the cool thing about the dragons fans, right? So we want to be about dragons fans. When the dragons are shit, and you say that the dragons are shit, they don't get all pissy like other no. fans, bulldogs fans get. They they're like, yeah, you're right. 
We've been telling you we've been shit all this time. Keep telling people we're shit. Yeah, we hate it. They're realists. Yeah, they really are. It's amazing. And that's the thing. Half the West Tigers fans are as well. The other half are staunchly, no, we're great. You only say positive things about our fucking team, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the West Tigers fan base. Um, Who do you reckon's the most chilled fan base in the NRL? Based on my interactions on Twitter, it's yeah. pa- Parramatta fans. Really? Yeah. Because I can sit there, you know, yeah. obviously I sit there ripping on Parramatta all the time. And yeah. I've never had any of them come up to me and say, I fucking hate you for having shit and shit on Parramatta. So they're all sitting there going, you should do a joke about this and that. And they're all just so chilled. I, I've, I, I really do like Parramatta fans. They, they just get the fact that you're just ripping on it for the hell of it. It's just shits and giggles. That's um, a good point. I never had a drama with them and tons of them follow me. You know, I'm, I'm on, a, I'm on another podcast where I make shitty stats about Mitch Moses all the fucking time. Yeah. They love it. <laughs> You're on another podcast, you whore? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not um, all the time, just when it's on air. Yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> just during the footy season. I hope the same with this podcast. <laughs> yeah. This, I this is the shit podcast when it's podcasting. Yeah, this this shit, you know, we only, we only come to this one when we're fucking bored. We're not pouring ourselves on other podcasts. <laughs> Um, we, need, we need to get you on in someone else's podcast. Yeah, see, I, I think people are worried that I would go onto their podcast and just go fucking nuts and ruin right. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I understand that. But like, no, I, we've, we've heard you doing commentary and stuff like that. You're fine. Yeah, you know what? That's the thing. Like, I don't think people understand. Like, if you've heard me in commentary, like, I'm really pretty – like, I still have some humor involved in it, but – you know, I'm I'm pretty good at it actually, and um, yeah, I, I wouldn't fuck up someone's podcast. I'd never do something like that, no. unless they said to me, "Look, come on, and just go nuts." Well, that's right, but I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what we have this one for. Yeah, pretty much. The like, whole existence say, of our podcast is us trying to ruin it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like if say I went on an English podcast and I said, "Hey, listen, we don't want you to be kind. All right, we got you here." to do your league freak thing. That would be so much fun. I would enjoy that. That would be that would be hilarious. Yeah, it really would be. Maybe take a few questions for, via email if they've got that sort of thing in England yet. We we, we should just set up an English one. <laughs> Bang on fake English accents and just do it and see how long it goes before people start getting the shits. We should. What if we started another podcast? We called it the the Ultimate English Rugby League Podcast, and we just we started it, and all we did was rip on English Rugby League in England. Oh, these are bad ideas. These really are. <laughs> and we we just ignored Wales and Scotland and Ireland, like the Rugby oh, Football League does. No, or. We can just talk about call it the English Rugby League podcast, and then not talk about English Rugby League. Just talk about Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. All, <laughs> all of the all of the players that aren't English in the Super League competition. Yeah, we will just be talking about how great Danny Bro is still. Yeah, want, and, I, and Lachlan Coote. I wonder if Danny Bro is still playing in Super League. I think he is. I feel like he is too. Hey, let's look it up. I feel like he's playing for one of those clubs that don't matter. 
Let's see. He played for Wakefield last year. See what I mean? <laughs> How old is he? 38. He, he turned 38 in January. Yeah. I tell you what, he's got for a thirty-eight-year-old. For a thirty-eight-year-old, he looks forty-eight. <laughs> he, he's got. He should get back to Huddersfield and get to two hundred and fifty games there. He, he finished up three games shy. Yeah. Oh, he, he probably left on on less than pleasant terms, though. That yeah, probably. If there's one achievement you want in life, um, it's to get two hundred and fifty games for Huddersfield. Absolutely. All the greats have done it. Mm. I look yeah. forward to Aiden Caesar doing it. He probably will. Yeah. Probably will. He's, Knowing um, the way that the English play games, he's probably already got about 90. <laughs> we should uh, say special thanks to uh, to Manscaped. Uh, yeah. You know, if you want to be a gentleman, go to manscaped.com. If you want to be smoother than a statue... Exactly. You put in the code NRL, you get 20% off and free shipping for just for putting in three letters, NRL, and then you can buy anything on the website. It's fantastic. Yeah, Go seriously. for the Perfect Package 3.0, you get everything you need. And you'll you'll never need to get anything else from there. You just do it all in one go. Bam. Job done. Yeah. Um, make sure you subscribe to us. Um you know, give us a review and a rating. We haven't had one for ages. You know, give us something to read out on here. That'd be yeah, good. We, we need five-star ratings on Apple. So if you're on an Apple device, just scroll. I think you go to podcast and app, you scroll down to the bottom of, of where our podcast is on your app, and you can just click on the five stars, and that's it. It's like that's it. You don't have to even press submit. There you go. But, you know, put in a comment is also going to read it out, something funny. Yeah, that'd, be, something that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Something even completely irrelevant. That'd be good. Yeah. Might be about Chinese art. Or statues. Statues, there's another good one. Um, yeah, make sure you subscribe to us there. Subscribe to us on YouTube, like all the videos, or until you get RSI, because there's a few there. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're also on MySpace. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, we're up on SoundCloud as well. We've got a few listeners over there, so check us out over there. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a good episode. It has. Make sure you go to our website too. You can leave us a comment, Freaky. Yeah, it's furgoandthefreak.com. Go to the comment section and leave a comment. Type away. We'll read them out. We'll answer your questions and stuff like that. It'll be fantastic. We, we sure will. And uh, we'll... We'll end this one here, I think. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Catch us all next time.